0: My name is Devin Runyans. I'm from Kingston, Ontario. Right now, we are sitting on the deck of my house. It's raining a little bit, so we're kind of huddled underneath two feet of covering that my deck has.
1: Today, I'm speaking with Devin Runyans, a teacher and musician who lives in Lawrence Park a mid-century suburb on the western edge of Kingston. Okay, now I'm turning left onto Edwin, Edwin Street. Uh, So now I'm basically entering the neighborhood. It's definitely an older neighborhood. A lot of bungalows that look very similar to each other. Probably a lot of uh, bungalows that are the same model, but you wouldn't really notice it at first glance, honestly. Um, I think because of the growth of the trees and how people have changed their their properties, you don't really notice the repetition of of the houses. Uh, I'm sure when the neighborhood was brand new, um, it was much more obvious. But at this point, it doesn't. It's not. You know, it's not too obvious. That's repetitive. So Devon's neighborhood does have curbs and it does have stormwater drainage on the street. There's a bunch of grates. There's some manhole covers. No telephone wires here. And there's a public transit bus. Nice. This certainly feels like a uh, like a denser Don Mills, I think a lot of these houses you sort of recognize as as being part of this mid-century suburban movement. But this neighborhood's denser than Don Mills.
0: My house is in the west end of Kingston, kind of almost touching Amersieu, but not quite touching Amersieu. Kind of far into the neighborhood itself, in the middle between the two major streets of. Uh, Waverly and Elmer, Willis gets kind of tucked in between them.
1: It's interesting to me that Devon describes his house as being far into the neighborhood. It's really, I think, a perception of mobility. Because actually, geographically, he's more on the edge than he is in the center. But the fact that you can only drive into the suburb on the northeast, and the fact that you have to take a somewhat convoluted route to drive down to where Devon lives on the southwest, creates what I think is the feeling of Depth. The neighborhood is otherwise bored by train tracks, parks, wetlands, things you can't drive through. It's also interesting that Devin describes Waverly and Almer as being major streets. Driving and walking through the neighborhood, you definitely get the sense that those streets are more major than Willis, but there actually isn't much physical distinction to imply some kind of hierarchy. Waverly and Almer aren't wider, and the houses aren't really any different.
0: Going to University in Toronto, like, people said that I would have small bedrooms. I would say that every bedroom I lived in was still bigger than the one that I grew up in. I remember playing in the living room with my sister, being quite young. I remember Devin's
1: house is a detached bungalow. Its front face is half red brick, half beige siding, with a front door right in the middle that divides the two halves. There's a large, tall, kind of bushy evergreen tree on its front lawn, basically right in the center, in a narrow, single-file driveway that's probably long enough to easily fit three, maybe four cars.
0: I remember growing up and never or rarely having friends over to my house just because it was so small. And the odd time that people would come over, we would try and make space in the basement to... It was usually like set up video games or set up games that we could play down there. I remember having Nerf guns, Nerf gun fights around the house in the front yard and in the backyard and playing with that. Can you hear that? It's okay. Okay. Actually, it's pretty loud. <laughs> There's a train track um, really close to my house going to university. I kind of missed it. It was, it's usually there early evening. You can kind of hear the trains go by and then kind of similarly late morning, early afternoon, you hear trains. And so not being with the trains was always a weird thing about going to university. You definitely miss them.
1: You miss the trains?
0: Yeah. They're just like an extension of home. It's kind of like when you come back home, you remember it and you're like at peace with being back home. And like, I can't go to work too late or else I'll get stuck behind a train. I remember when I was a kid, there was like a solid two weeks where my bus kept getting caught behind the train tracks. Cause so my train, or the school is just around the corner from the train tracks. And so it'd be late for school like every day. And I'd walk past the secretary and I'd tell her how many cars I counted on the trains that went by. They're just in the background.
1: can relate with Devon's nostalgia for the trains. Where I grew up in Kingston, we were right by the airport. It's a functioning airport. Usually it's regional turboprop planes, the kind that hold maybe 30 to 40 people that come and go. And of course the recreational Cessnas, something I used to have great familiarity with as a preteen. The airport is also a pit stop or some sort of training destination for military jets out of the nearby Trenton base. I remember seeing, hearing, and even smelling F-18s doing flybys. I think it's funny that we both share this nostalgia for what I think most people would consider nuisances, but I think the past, especially through the eyes of childhood, is a powerful, pacifying thing. I can still see the planes landing at the airport from where my parents live now, like they're always heading towards my old house, and I can hear Devin's trains from here too.
0: I have a lot of nostalgia for the past. I would say that my nostalgia for high school comes out of different neighborhoods though. But yeah, my my nostalgic memories come from different neighborhoods in Kingston. I don't know if I tied too much of my childhood memories to this neighborhood. Spent a lot of time in the house. I guess the odd time we would ride bikes through the neighborhood, but I wasn't quite as into that or like, playing hockey in the neighborhood, which I feel like is a classic childhood trope. We didn't really do that. It was a fairly spaced out neighborhood in terms of how many kids were in it, or at least how many kids that I knew that were in it. There was like me here, down the street a little bit, there was another family. At the other end of Willis down a bit, there was another family, and then another family kind of on the other side of the neighborhood. And that was as big as I knew. I don't get a huge sense of community in this neighborhood. I feel like there are a lot of people just trying to do the same thing of kind of living their life, not being too involved with each other.
1: Is that part of the appeal of the suburbs?
0: Yeah, the the appeal that you can disconnect from whatever you were doing during the day and your evenings are just whatever you need them to be and whatever's in your house and whatever you happen to be doing. I would say for the most part, I've never really known our neighbors. My parents talk about them as like the people that they are, but I don't know if they really knew them. They know their names, they know their occupations. They know when people pass away, but we don't really keep up with the neighbors. We don't really wave too much. I've started nodding at some people and saying good morning, but I don't find that I get it back too much. Just the cut of the people. We're just going for a walk. I don't know. We're a bit rough, we're a bit, bit quirky it seems at times. It's definitely a mix. There isn't too much of a downside to this neighborhood. There isn't like any crime that I've ever known of in this neighborhood really. So there's no reason to leave. There's no reason to like wanna upgrade. It's like a good place to start. And then if you have that dream of like living in a big, bigger suburban house that a lot of families do and they put a lot of their money into, then you'd probably move. But otherwise I think staying here pretty attractive.
1: I'm struck by Devin's description of his neighborhood. It's real. And I think it reflects the reality of suburban living, and why in North America, people continue to flock to the suburbs by large majority. In the city, we talk about how anonymous existence is, we joke about the horrible awkwardness of elevator rides, and about how we don't know our neighbors in our apartments or condos, and how we don't want to know them. But I think the suburbs are largely the same. I know this isn't going to be the case for everyone, everywhere, but for a lot of people, I think there is a sort of liberty and independence to having your own house on your own piece of land. A North American dream.
0: My favorite place in my house is probably my bedroom. Though it does feel like I'm growing out of it a bit. A bit. It feels a bit small. When you walk in right now, the door doesn't open all the way because the bed is at the base of it. So if you can imagine how long a twin foot bed is, it's about that deep because the door hits it on the way in. Um, And then you come in and currently I have two desks in it. The corner, there's a desk kind of against the wall and then into the corner there's another desk and the corner desk is where I do most of my work. My computer's at it. I had a dream that I would like, you know, do writing at the long desk, but I haven't really like made time to do that yet. Uh, And then in the corner opposite or across from the corner desk, I have a bit of a closet. And inside my closet is my dresser because the closet's not really functional. I have a few things hung up, and then below it is the dresser. There's a guitar in my room right now, and currently like my electric guitar and my banjo are just hiding in the basement, and I sometimes go down there to play them. I usually play music in my bedroom, just like sitting on my bed or sitting on the stool that I have for my computer. Most of the music that I made was in my bedroom, and I've been able to turn it into a nice little recording space uh, even though I know my parents are in the house, I can still kind of make music and make noise without them complaining about me too much. And I've been able to kind of really figure things out creatively there.
1: And you haven't found a space like
0: that since? No, that's that's incredibly hard in Toronto to um, be able to make music. I never really got noise complaints, but it was always weird when you would be like sitting there trying to play a song and then you could just hear your like, neighbor right up against the wall and you're like, oh, I can hear you, you can hear me. Okay, okay.
1: But you can do that at
0: home. If you're yeah. Not about it. yeah, exactly. I lived in Toronto, I did four years of undergrad and then two years of a master's program. So six years total with one year off in the middle back in Kingston. A lot of it was just trying to get through the school year to come back home. It feels quieter. I did miss it, yeah. It was fun to be away and to do something new but it never felt like I was where I was supposed to be. It felt like I was doing the right thing and going to school and going on that journey but it didn't feel like I was going to end up there
1: for yourself thinking ahead. If you were to have your own place, um, you'd want like a detached house.
0: Yes. Detached house. I don't know if I need a yard. I like the trees. I like being able to sit under it and kind of use it and appreciate the tree-ness of the tree. Um, but I don't know. like having a detached space is really nice. I like to be able to, that to be able to make noise, and that sometimes I go for walks, and I can hear other people are banging on a drum kit, or there's like a lot of loud noise coming from their house. I think life coming through that way is pretty cool, in that there isn't someone right beside them to hear it, but we can still hear it as we walk through the neighborhood.
1: This is about being able to make noise.
0: I guess, yeah. To me, a lot of it is. I see my home is small, as. It's not very much, but it's kind of all that I need right now. I don't know if I need anything bigger. I think it could be laid out a bit better, but I think the size that it is, is actually pretty good for two or three people. I do wonder, I thought about what things we could do for the neighborhood to try and make music or try to figure out who's a musician in the neighborhood and like put on little concerts, but our neighborhood's never really been very artsy as far as I've known. So it's always just kind of what I'm doing alone. In the future if I were to pick a neighborhood maybe I would choose something like the Skeleton Park neighborhood where there's a lot of artists and I think you get a better feel of a community in there but I don't know if I would love living that close to downtown. You don't get the separation from the activity. The activity happens whether you want it or not. So I would find that pretty tiring and pretty draining. always be in it. I'm definitely a person who needs to kind of separate to repower and reboot so living out in the suburbs far away from the downtown core where most of the art is is nice to give myself a space to take what i need In the summer, I went for a walk and I found a creek that's just on the other side of Collins Bay, and I walked it for a long while, and then I like tried to figure out where they keep the names of them, and if I could figure out the name of it and I could never figure out like the name of the creek nearby, I would like to know.
1: I tried to give it a shot too, to find out where they kept the name of the creek that Devin walked along. It took some time, literally hours, but I finally found the name of the creek, Highgate Creek. A big thanks to Devin for sharing his story about growing up in Lawrence Park. This podcast was produced as part of my Master of Architecture at the University of Toronto. Special thanks to Mariana Lagia and Angus Laurie for their guidance and supervision.